A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby Austin far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 15-10-5 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska Everybody, thanks for joining us. Zach here, joined by Let's Go Drake. Drake, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. What well, I was good, and then uh, the Giants just gave up three runs in the eighth, so I'm not so good. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about uh, the Giants with our guest. We won't introduce our guest yet. Well, we'll wait to ruin your to ruin your night, fate, uh, Drake. Fitz, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Just filling out my bingo card of. Uh, you know, let's see, we've got Giants marked off, we've got used to coach at college, and we're good. So I, I, I'm two away from getting a bingo from, from Drake. <laughs> well, we're only 45 seconds in, which makes this even more impressive. Oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a big winner. So if, you, if somebody hears a yell of bingo in the middle of the podcast, that means I got it. <laughs> touche, touche. Well, should we give you another one and just uh, I'll introduce our guest now? We are joined by former... Uh, Husker black shirt from 2015 to 2019. Uh, Eric Lee, Eric, how are you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing fabulous. We're happy to be joined by you. We're, we're uh, ready to get this train rolling and see what kind of quizzes and different things like that we can give you and make you really think tonight. Sound great, right? Awesome. Ready for it. So I kind of wanted to get into what you're doing now before we kind of go into your history. You know, obviously we knew, we know you're a, a former player here, but Right now, you are, uh, I believe it's the head of football operations and the defensive back coach at Orange Lutheran High School. Is that correct? Yes, sir. 
Cool. How long have you been doing that for? The last year or two? Uh, I got here uh, last July. So I've been, been here just over a little bit of a year and a month. Okay, sweet. What do you, uh, what, so obviously a DB coach, I'm guessing you're worse working with the team there. But what do you do as the head of uh, operations for football? In a high school, um, that's what, that's what I yeah. look at that and I'm like, I know, I know it's big, but that is that for me, it's crazy. Is that, is it, was it crazy for you to, to kind of hear that that's the job? Um, yes and no. That's a funny story how I actually landed there. So my coach from high school is originally, he went to Orange Luther and used to coach there. So my coach from Valor, he was coaching at Arapahoe beforehand. He ended up going back to Orange Lutheran and asked if that's something I'd like to do. So obviously I, I said, yeah, that beats uh, IT recruiting. So <laughs> I decided to take that position and he kind of told me some of the things I'd be doing. So kind of work with like the team's finances, budgeting, uh, making sure all of our like fundraiser events are set up, equipment, all that stuff. So a lot of the behind the scenes things that kind of go involved with the football program each day it kind of feels more like a collegiate program so but we do play in a, a very challenging league so it does make sense to kind of have someone like that on board where where's your school where's the school located in california it's in uh, orange california okay because you had mentioned um, just yeah go ahead i'm sorry oh no no you're good well uh, one thing I wanted to bring up since we were talking about California and I kind of want to ruin Drake's day already. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. We were talking about the giants earlier and um, with Eric here and he had brought up that, uh, you know, Buddha writes dad, correct? Yeah. So a little bit yeah, of connection there. Um, yeah. Just a little bit of connection, obviously, since Eric played at, at Nebraska, um, he had a little bit of connection with uh, some of the defensive players and then even worked out with Toby Wright, which was a former uh, Giants player for what, a couple of years um, that you worked out with him, right? Yeah, yeah. So I worked with them. I mean, whenever I can get to Arizona from that 15 to 19, even after that standpoint. I mean, that's pretty cool to be able to work out with a, a pro player. I mean, just being able to do that in college, that's Gives you a little bit of a leg up, don't you think? Um, yeah, he definitely had a lot of insight. And uh, I think one of the best things that you can learn from those individuals is just kind of how the way they talk to you. Um, they're so competitive. They're always trying to get a mental advantage because physical is God-given. So as much as they can get that mental advantage over you and try to get into your head, and I think that's something I definitely picked up during my time. So you – you're coaching the DBs now. Last week, we were able to talk to uh, Coach Wes Fleming. He's a um, quality control coach in the DB room with Coach Fisher. What are there? Were there coaches from when you played, whether it's high school, college, you know, you're watching stuff now, you're around um, different people. Are there coaching techniques? Are there phrases that you kind of have pulled from, from other coaches and put into your toolkit, so to speak, to, to work with your players? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think up until, I mean, even after college, I think I've had probably one of the most highly selected kind of coaches. Uh, high school, I had Brian Dawkins. Um, the biggest thing I've learned from him is he, he's not a, he's not going to cuss you out or anything, but just the way that he can kind of connect with you, like emotionally and make sure you kind of know, like, what, what was this mistake? Let's see how we can fix it. Just like that, that, that tone is enough to get through to somebody. That's one thing I learned from him. Um, Dante, uh, Dante Williams over at SC 
and uh, Coach Fisher at Nebraska. They taught me a lot about technique and then outside of technique. Um, look at formations, like all offenses are the same. I remember I was watching a clip of Wisconsin. They motioned, they traded and motioned all just to get in the bunch. So all, they're, all offenses are trying to do is just mess with your eyes and you got to know how the offense is trying to abuse you and the coverage. So just little things like that is kind of what I learned from those other two coaches that I've had during my time there. Zach, go ahead. There's your, there's your in. Zach is a, he's an Eagles fan. And I'm going to say it because I'm, you're being humble right now, but Dawkins is his favorite player. Oh yeah. And of course, I, was, yeah. I was going through stuff and I'm like, okay, this is, this will be, this will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, actually, so being an Eagles fan since uh, I, don't, I think it was 03 or 04. Yeah. That was one of the first players I remember seeing going, Jesus. And, and just, I remember seeing a 230 pound safety in 2004 and the NFL was like, they didn't make him like that. There wasn't a cam chancellor yet. Brian Dawkins was the first one. And just seeing the way that he played the game and different things like that. And just the way he was able to drop in coverage and hit a guy and cover a uh, tight end. I mean, I think he was one of the top safeties to ever play the game personally. Um, learning from a guy like that. And, you know, I think he's a hall of famer. Was he able to really kind of, instill anything in you that the other coaches weren't able to you've had high level coaches you know all over the place so it was he able to instill anything different than the other ones were um I think the biggest thing is having a switch mm -hmm. I, I feel like we talk about on field and off field persona we kind of know Brian Dawkins's off field persona is weapon X yep and don't come across the middle anything like that not going to shy away from contact but uh, off the field is where I definitely learned a lot because he's definitely he's probably one of the most quiet people that I've ever met off the field. And just seeing him, we went to his jersey retirement when they were playing the Giants a couple of years back. And he came out of the tunnel, did his whole entrance, all fours, screaming and yelling. And then uh, we saw him 10 minutes later back in a suit like there was like nothing ever happened, like not so kind of high off the energy or anything like that so just seeing how he was able to kind of control that switch and push it on uh push it off I think that's something I took away from him a lot Eric during your time in Nebraska you you made a late change to the safety spot in your career which one of those positions did you do you, now that you played did you actually like better um and is that the same in terms of which one you thought you were playing better um, I think I definitely like safety a lot more. I kind of wish I made that transition a little early. Uh, corner, it can be kind of mind-numbing a little bit. It's more president of athletic ability. It's either you're playing man, cover two, cover three, opposed to safety. It's I kind of view it as like every play is a puzzle. So now I'm like, okay, if this guy motions, what's my call? If this guy motions, what's my call? Uh, what's this person responsible for? Hey, did, did I make sure he got the call? Just like all those little things that kind of kept my mind actively engaged kind of in the play from a day-to-day -day and play-to-play -play basis. I think that's something I enjoyed a lot was the mental, the mental challenge of things. Did you, did you request that change or is it something – because that change came when the coaching staff changed, right? Because now you are now in with Frost and, and his – assistance and so your last year is at that safety position you just kind of had a fantastic season did, did you did you ask for it or was it something they saw and you just had the conversation 
Um, I think it's crazy. Uh, Dante, before that staff got fired, said he was going to move me to safety that next year. And then Frost and them got there. I played another year at corner. And Coach Chins and I were actually walking out of the training table. And we both kind of brought it up to each other. And we were like, oh, like I was just going to ask you that same question. So uh, just seeing uh, Lamar and Decap kind of flourish in that role at corner, definitely just kind of wanted to serve the team however I can. And with a bunch of safeties leaving that next year, I feel like that was a kind of a gap that I could try to take advantage of and assert myself there. That's the, the, the change, because right now we're, we're hearing about Omar Brown, and I'm not sure how much, you know, with your season about to start and you're kind of getting into all that, how much you're yeah. following, but it sounds like Omar Brown is making a change from cornerback to safety as well. What, what does it take? And I know you've talked about the mental part of it and reading the game, but do you think this is going to be something that he's going to be able to be successful on? Because he seems like he's, it appears to be a really, really good player and a really, really good corner, even though it was the FCS level, University of Northern Iowa, but they want him on the field. Do you think it's going to be good for him? And then what does it take to make that change moving forward? Yeah. Um, having the, we're kind of moving to a, a positionless football in the back end of the defense, you could say. So knowing that he can come down the corner if needed to, which probably means he could roll down to the slot. So now you kind of feel more comfortable putting them as a nickel or anything like that. It just, it increases so many things that you could do just kind of generally on the field and uh, coach Frost, he's not going to make it easy on you. Um, he's whipping out formations after formations. I mean, as soon as one group goes, the next group is already up and running. So you're definitely going to have to kind of hone in and make sure you know the defense through and through kind of be on, honest with yourself if you're kind of ready for that jump. And then once you get into season, especially Big Ten play, there's not a lot of fast tempo teams. So now you actually have a second be like, gosh, this is so much slower than what I'm accustomed to in practice. So I think the reps he'll get in practice will be his most challenging mentally. And then after that, it's all physical. And I'm sure that he has a God-given talent to make sure that happens. You played in uh, when you were here. You you played with a lot of really talented DBs that made it to the league and different things like that. What was that room like? That was, had to be a really competitive room with just the guys that you had in there, right? Yeah, it was extremely competitive, especially with uh, the way Coach Fish did things. Like he had a production chart and all your numbers, like tackles, missed opportunities. Almost it was almost like a fall camp stock market, you could say. So you can almost see like where you could see where you stand with your peers and everyone. Hey, coach, I think you forgot a tackle right here. Like you get to see the real competitive side of people and we'd have a scrimmage. Decap would be like, hey, Lamar, don't get too comfortable up top. He's like, he's like, all I need is all I need is eight plays in total to get to, to uh, dethrone you. So just little things like that. Um, we all try to be competitive with each other, all in good nature never took anything too personal. So I think not taking things personal has kind of kept us as a tight-knit group and kind of helped us flourish a little my my last year there. It's kind of that iron sharpens iron mentality with with what you guys had there. With you know Frost being the um an offensive guy and you know with you with your time here, were those practices really fast paced like you know, just kind of warp speed practices with defenders running in and out, offensive run offenses running in and out. 
Yeah, it's extremely. And I kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier. I remember my first couple of days at safety, this guy motions, boom, boom, boom. All right, cool. Like feel confident. And then five seconds later, the next line and uh, skill position players are already lined up and set up. So it's like, oh, okay, can't give myself too much of a mental like hoorah, congrats. I got to get to the next one. So he likes to get those things ramped up as quickly as possible. And I'll definitely let, he'll definitely let the offense know if it's not good enough. And sometimes I know a couple of times we uh, get on chin be like, Hey, he's going way too fast. We got to, got to get these calls in a lot quicker. So kind of put stress on everyone, but I think it's a good stress to kind of help prepare for those situations on game day. Now yeah, that, the- that DB room has continued to improve since you've left Eric under, under coach Fisher and coach chins. What it from afar, what has been the most impressive thing for you out of that room? Uh, I think the most impressive thing isn't really football related. It's all kind of off field kind of things. Um, Coach Fish, he has a really good relationship with all of his players. I think I saw maybe a month or two ago, they all went to church together. So, I mean, just little things like that where it's just like, yeah, we know on the field what we're supposed to do, but off the field, just kind of keeping that chemistry going. Um, I remember the biggest thing he said during my time there was, uh, if you're not hanging out with each other off the field, you guys are never going to be in sync on the field. So I think that's something that, has slowly started to develop is the DB room just kind of hanging out on a continuous basis, Friday night, Saturday night, whatever. And they kind of made themselves kind of one. And I think you can see that on Saturday with the communication and just the overall chemistry of things. Yeah. I I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's really what you want is you want to be able to have that communication factor to the point that you know that you can trust the guys to the right and left of you that they're going to make the correct call and you know see the correct things out there um since you are on the kind of the high school game right now are you seeing it change because obviously i'm gonna i'm gonna bring ni up nil here up have you seen it kind of filter down to the college game or the high school game yet yeah there's a quarterback around here i forget his last name uh nico he's going to tennessee oh i think he's eight million or something crazy like that i don't know too much of the details on that but i mean just that in itself just high school kids starting to pick up some stuff on nil and all those things i think it's crazy i mean even though i've been away from the game for three years it's a completely different spectrum from the last time i stepped on campus so it's definitely trickling into the high school game and almost something that high school is kind of have to have a plan for because a lot of these kids are especially out here they're they're really talented exceptional people and football players and you're starting to see more and more businesses and more of the business side of it trickle down into the high school realm well yeah and there's no regulations there's no anything so you can pretty much really talk to anybody or kind of sign up these kids with with no real I guess plan in places is a good way of putting it. Um, and doesn't it seem like there's kind of a, it gets into an arms race at that point. I mean, you, you're going to have your biggest schools that can kind of push it that way, I guess, or, you know, get connected and say, Hey, we'll just recruit you here and we'll pay you the most money. Yeah. I mean, especially like I coach in the Trinity league. So we got like modern day Servite, Don Bosco prep. I remember we played them all. I call it a little gauntlet back to back to back. Those are three top 10 teams in the country right there that we have to play every year. 
So just them getting kind of like that national exposure, it's like, okay, like kind of what can you do for me now? Just kind of like how college used to be. So it's almost like you have to kind of recruit and kind of pitch these parents mainly of kind of how we can help your son kind of, I almost feel like a coach, like a division one coach when coach Riley and coach Warren needs to come into my house and be like, this is how we can help your son. These are the things. And I feel like that conversation is kind of making its way down one more level. So the, those conversations really, really ties into what I was going to bring up transfers now in college game is, it's still, it's, it's bigger than it was when you were, when you were here. I mean, the NIL, the transfer market, all of that stuff, but you think of California, Arizona, Texas, you hear about it more often, um, maybe in the, on the East coast a little bit too. And we see it here in Nebraska, but is the amount of kids that are transferring freshman to sophomore year, just in high school, going from even cross town from school to school, is it as big as we think it is? We see, you know, we might see a headline here and there, but um, is it, is it that not a problem, but is it happening as often as we probably think it is? Um, I, I would, it's hard to say every kid's situation is definitely different. Um, I think kind of opening that door allows more people to kind of go through that door than initially intended. Everyone can kind of, once it's out for a little bit, we can all kind of find the, the scapegoats and the loopholes to kind of manipulate the system. So I think, uh, I think it's always happened, but now it's a little easier to do than uh, years prior. Yeah, I just it's crazy to think when, you know, you see a quarterback freshman year and then all of a sudden they're they've gone to Texas and their family's moved. And then next thing you know, they're ending up at, at a school in Las Vegas and, you know, and then boom, here goes the recruitment just just skyrockets from there. I just right. what maybe, you know, what the parents are willing to do, you know, that investment and almost treating their their son's high school career and everything else like a business even before NIL it's it's amazing how it's it's all kind of coming to the forefront yeah and I would say um sometimes I think a lot of them are just trying to put themselves in the highest position because I think it could also be an awakening call if you do make all those changes and then you go there and you sit the bench because you're not who you (laughs) thought you're not who you thought you are so um, it definitely works in a lot of different aspects. I think a lot of people try to do that just to kind of go off some schools' names, how they can market their athlete. Um, it's just like if you met any player that like kids at Alabama, they play for maybe a year or two, but you know if they're good enough to break that lineup at Alabama, they can definitely make a team in the NFL for the most part. So I kind of I kind of picture it like that. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so different, but it's just, we got to get used to it. You as coaches are really going to have to kind of start getting used to it. And sounds like uh, football operations, that's right up your alley. <laughs> it is, it is. So I'm excited to take that challenge on head on. <laughs> With the uh, football operations uh, job that you have now, are you looking to, you know, further go on from the coaching aspect with you know being a db coach are you looking to move to like defensive coordinator kind of move your way up the ladder with that or are you looking to stay more on the operations side um it kind of depends uh i don't think i have really any aspirations of learning or wanting to become a dc i think i'd rather kind of stay tight in with like my position group and just kind of work with dbs primarily um 
And on top of that, just if I can continue to work my way up into either collegiate coaching or athletic director, some some way I can kind of stay involved with athletics and the team building and the guidance. That's what I mainly care about. Well, I think you played in 38 games at Nebraska, so you, you're a very experienced player. So you've seen just about everything you can think of. Was there anything, and if it comes to the top of your head, is there anything during your playing days that you remember going, I've, I've, I didn't see that on film, I've never seen that before. Was there anything that's kind of hit you out of the blue? Um, I would say once you get to – once you get to like that division one level, a lot of it is analytics. So I remember when we were playing Minnesota in 2019, um, they, a couple formations were a hundred percent run, like one play hundred percent run and Minnesota just completely went against all their analytics, things of that nature. So I think that was the only thing I've seen is especially that deep into the season for the coaching staff to go completely away from what they're usually doing from like third, third and four, third and two. This is the kind of concepts we're going to get run or pass. And they kind of went out the window with that. And I think that was the first time I've kind of been like, okay, like as much as analytics are a savior, they're not the, they're not the answer key. So definitely kind of need to stay true just to playing football, but also just kind of use those as guidance and references. Was there any specific team during your playing time that you just hated going against? What was it in Iowa and Ohio state? Just someone that lined up that you're just like, God, I got to do this again. Um, I think the team I would say that would be Purdue mainly because you just never knew what Purdue team you were going to get. You either <laughs> going to get that. Purdue that beats a top 10 team in the country or Purdue that doesn't play up to that level so it's almost kind of like a mystery it's like okay like they're they've always been a talented team but now let's just see which one comes out on Saturday so I always hated Purdue because I always felt like a little bit of an of an unknown of which Purdue we were going to get that week that uncertainty creeping in your head pre-game yeah it's like it's like I know I definitely know that we're we're better than them but Let's see um, how they decide to come out today. Well, I feel like that's that's the problem is it's always like a team like Purdue, you're like, I, I know we're better than them or we're a more talented team, but it's just how they come out. I mean, they've come out some games where it's just guns blazing and they beat in Ohio State, and then they have games where they lose to a terrible team. It just you never know what you're going to get. Um, since you, you know, were such a veteran player in the Big Ten and different things like that, you, you got to go all over the place. Was there a venue that you got to go to that you just really enjoyed it for me, like your Ohio States, your big houses, different things like that. Was there anyone that really sticks out for you? Um, I would probably have to say Ohio state. I remember it's when they moved our game to a night game, we were top 10 in the country. Can't remember the exact positioning and Tommy threw a pick six and how loud that stadium got was like anything else I've heard before it was it was unreal of course I enjoyed the trash talking from from them as well it was definitely a memorable experience but yeah just hearing how loud that stadium was I think that was something that really caught my eye and I think that's where I got my first career tackle so 
always appreciate Ohio State just just a little bit. And who is the pick- best trash talker? Yep, we got we got to go with the, who's the best trash talker that you've been on the field with. Got to be him, right? Oh no, I didn't. There's probably many articles of me saying how I don't show any emotion, don't talk too much. <laughs> um, I would say one of the biggest trash talkers was Josh Kalu. And Kalu, uh, he, he was really sly. He was really subtle with it. But if someone was just on your head, he'd make sure to clear him off of you. So I would probably have to say Josh Kalu. Um, he was really confident about his game and anything else like that. And just kind of, he just kind of has that it about him. So I think I would definitely say Josh Kalu. Hey, Fitz, you're, mute. you're muted, buddy. I'm going to take it off. I was just practicing my question. Um, you know, not, I didn't know not, he knew what a mute button was. I thought I, I thought I had turned it off or, or turned turned it off already, and I must have just turned it back on. Um, I, I heard that, Drake. That was not that was not nice. Um, not counting the Colorado game in 2019, you had two picks. You had I don't know 17 tackles. It seems like you had a pass breakup. Just you kind of came out. That was your. I mean, here here's Eric Lee. This is what you're going to get from the season. What what other game um, for you was was really memorable? Whether it was just the team itself for a win, or you know those sorts of things. Um, that's a good question. I would have to say. I think I would have to say Oregon in 2017 um I know that's not that's kind of like my first couple games I got to play uh going into my sophomore year but uh the score definitely wasn't looking too great at half and we definitely could have just rolled over hopped back on the plane but I think the fact that we did show some fight and some restraint I think that's something that I loved about our team uh during that season and definitely kind of hold that close to my heart because the atmosphere was unreal Things didn't go our way. We continued to fight, uh, um, even though the scoreboard kind of didn't depiction exactly what we wanted it to be. But we just never quit. So just having that no quit mentality, that's something I've always appreciated. That right there, that no quit mentality. I'm going to get go back to last season. Um, I'm sure you watched the games, followed, knew what was going on, right? Three and nine. It's everywhere. What did you kind of make of that season from from a distance watching that team and then kind of looking into the future of this season? Or do you think we're going to see a diametrically opposite team compared to where they were? I mean, talent looked like it was there. The defense looked really good. It was just those those little things or what 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 were you thinking watching last season? Um, I definitely think it was the little things, just like a little like. Little things here and there. I know special teams wasn't up to par exactly where we wanted it to be. And Coach Fish has described special teams, especially to the young guys who are playing it. That's just kind of hidden yards. So kind of giving up those hidden yards, ball spotted here, ball spotted there, makes it a little shorter of a drive for the opposing offense. Um, I just think the little things are definitely something I would imagine they would harp on during the year. If not just that, the experience coming back, and then just overall improvement of football IQ, just learning from those mistakes, and hopefully next year putting those same situations, they can uh, flourish in them. Yeah, we're 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 hopeful. I, I we know the the players that we've been able to talk to seem really 
ready, uh, excited, and, and focused on on what they're what they're able to do. And you know, they're not they're not just going to blow smoke just because they're talking to somebody on a podcast. You can just tell that it seems like it's better now than it was was last year. Which kind of brings me to the to the next part. You went from Riley staff to coach Frost staff. For you personally, though, in the DB room, you you went from good coach to, to good coach, right? You never, you always had those people around you. What was that? What was that transition like? Was there, I mean, again, from, from afar as fans, we, we get what we see in the media, you know, maybe what we see on the field, things like that. Was it, was it as culturally different as, as people have made it out to be? And you, you know, having Frost come in was a big, big change or was there just not, not as much there as we thought? Um, I would say there was, um, like I talked about just everyone, like the DBs, everyone eating together, things of that, um, years prior, no one really ate at the training table. They made that mandatory. So now we kind of have to see each other a little more, talk to each other. I think all that was extremely beneficial and just the way that, just the way that they ran practice, they were always transparent with us. Hey, this is going to be a high intensity, high interval day. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be low intensity low interval uh, in regard to fall camp so I think between just kind of making us eat at the training table kind of little things go a long way I think that definitely helped and then just kind of like that transparency of this is what we do this is why we do it this is how it's going to be done I think that's something that I know I definitely appreciated during my two years with them well, I've got I got a good question for you. I'm a I'm a stumpy here. The way uh, you preface it tells me it's not. But... <laughs> Is it, did it did it give away that easy? It's a, it's my music question. Well, so when you have to when you have to say that I've got a good question and wait not even waiting for the guest to say, oh, that's a that's a good question. So. Well, you know what? You guys just all blankly stared at me and I really wanted to get your attention. So my good question <laughs> is that everybody is dying to know. Top three movies. Yeah, see, I switched it up on you guys. It's not even your question. It's my question. <laughs> well, so I stole it. It's the, Dra- right. it's the Drake's take segment. You took it from him. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm right. his day. Um, I probably, I don't think I have an order for this one. I would say The Other Guys with Will Ferrell. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I'm going to take a desk Tur- pop right now. <laughs> Gran Torino. Okay. I don't know why I like that film, but I've always just kind of been <laughs> drugged to it. I just like it. And then I think my last one, hmm, I'm not a big movie person, so this is a tough one. Your first um, two picks definitely say you, you're way into it more than you think you are. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and then I think I would have to put a series in. I would have to probably put like the Conjuring series okay just those scary movies because i think the more you watch the more you get to see how other movies were set up and you see some scenes that kind of tie along <laughs> with with some prior prior movies so i'd probably have to say the conjuring series i've never heard of a more opposite end of genre. the spectrum yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love I, I love horror movies they kind of uh they keep me engaged i fall asleep in a lot of movies that's why i don't have a big list <laughs> well, I don't think they've made a good horror movie in quite some time. 
the Stranger Stranger Things series is pretty good, but I don't know if you'd technically define that bingo. as horror or not. I love Stranger Things. <laughs> Mention Stranger Things. I just got I, bingo. I love Stranger Things. Uh, we haven't talked about your favorite positions yet, so still no bingo. <laughs> oh, kickers? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Bingo. We're not, we're, we're not going to talk about kickers tonight. We're going to leave them off here. <laughs> I've I've only got one more one more big question for you, and I'm going to put you on the spot with it. Um, do you guys got anything else before I before I put them on the spot? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll be last on this one. Go ahead. Well, because I'm hoping I'm taking your big spot question, Drake. Go. I'm I'm good. I've been, I've I've honestly just been sitting and listening. Uh, this has been great for me. Go ahead, Fitz. Go ahead and steal my thunder. What is it? All right, Eric. What's the record this year for the Huskers? <laughs> um, definitely bowl game eligible. I think they can go. I guess definitely see eight and four on the horizon. Hopefully more. I kind of see that as the bottom end of. All right, eight wins. Okay, all right. that's good. Kind of build off into next year, but definitely see eight and four. Um. With all the transitions and adjustments from player personnel to coaching personnel, um, I think there could be a couple hiccups just in the beginning of the year, just as everyone's trying to gel in with each other. But after game two and everyone kind of settles down and gets in the midst of the season, I think they could start to propel. Okay, there, I, I lied. There... I got one. I got one now. Is there is there anybody that has come in that you are – super excited to see or who you expect to pop off that was my question this is crazy that's exactly what i was gonna ask (laughs) i don't think necessarily like i said it's it's kind of hard to kind of it's not hard but i kind of see all these names fly by on my twitter all the time so i don't really know uh too many of the guys on the team anymore um i usually try to look out for the secondary so omar brown's definitely someone i'm just gonna go look at as soon as i kind of log off with you guys and see what he's about but I don't have anyone to in uh two in particular kind of help kind of hope anyone that comes in this year under their first year memorial can kind of see the the sights and sounds of it on game one and kind of relish that opportunity and continue to have a great season going forward yeah yeah it's gonna be uh, fun to watch those guys yeah how's your high school team gonna be this year uh, I think we should be pretty good. Um, we graduated a lot of seniors, I think 25 seniors. Um, so we're going to be a relatively young team. We have a couple quarterbacks that definitely kind of stand the part with some offers already. I think our second, of course, I got to talk high about the secondary. I think our secondary is going to be really good with a lot of interchangeable pieces. D-line, we got some young monsters up there as long as the O-line, so. I'm excited. It's definitely going to be big, be a big growth year for us, but I wouldn't expect anything else from these young men to not come out on top and whatever they do. You got anybody that you're uh, you're sending a, a message to Fisher saying, "Hey, you got to come out and t- take a look at this dude." Yeah, he's getting, not, he's getting coached by the best. Yeah, I'm trying not to blow his phone up too much, so usually <laughs> I got to make sure I'm I'm very certain about it, but. Um, yeah, I'm always in those guys' ears. If it's not Coach Fish, it's Coach Cooper who worked with us um, during my time there, reaching out to him. So just reaching out to whoever I can and kind of knowing the industry to 
help that young man out and kind of help them achieve their goals. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, it's good to have the connections from, you know, from where you're at to the previous staff and different things like that, just to help those young men. If you can get help them get a foot in the door, then, hey, you you know, you've done your job as, as a coach and as a person. So it's it's going to be awesome to see what you do with your coaching career. And we're going to have, have to, uh, you know, keep an eye out for your team this year and kind of see how you guys are doing, cheer you along from from here in Nebraska. Um, but uh, I don't I don't got anything else if if you guys don't have anything else. No, we're just taking. I think we're. I think we're good point. now. Yeah. I think we're good. Okay, <laughs> I just want. I just want to make sure nobody had any other questions for our, our guest here. If you uh, ask Fitz enough, we'll we'll he'll find something. <laughs> he'll he'll scrape something up. <laughs> I'm, I'm thoughtful. I'm reading the room. I'm a safety, and I'm just reading it. And I'm, uh, I'm. I know what's going to happen. I'm as I'm. I'm like Eric. It's it's amazing. You we're almost. You have we're almost twins. We're almost twins. It's 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 almost it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> No, you guys are oh. identical. I mean, I the hat and everything. How how would I confuse you two? <laughs> Eric, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Uh, we appreciate you coming on with this. Um, we definitely would love you to come back anytime you want to. So appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. We'll have to do like a mid year recap. Or, you know, once we hit eight, we're having you on. Let me know. Get I'm eight. always available. <laughs> awesome. All right. Perfect. That sounds great. Well, thanks, Eric, for uh, being with us tonight. We appreciate it for Zach, uh, Drake, and Fitz. Take care, everybody, and have a good night. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.